You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello and welcome to the Mom Halo Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Kapitz, and I'm super excited because I have a Instagram celebrity in our studio today. If you are anything like me and you live in Canada and you are looking to find cost savings in your life, then you follow Cat Living on a Looney. Yay! Hello, how are you? Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, Kat, just run us through who you are, where you're from, what you do, please. Go ahead. Yeah. So I am Kat, also known as Living on a Looney on social media. I am within the GTA area in Ontario, Canada. And basically, my pages just kind of took off as a way of showing Canadians how to save money. And I do that mostly through couponing and then throwing in some personal finance tips and then just some good deals that I really enjoy and sharing those with Canadians. Kat, tell us, what's your background? Like, how did you take us back? Like, first of all, <laughs> obviously, there's no like university degree in, in, in couponing, but this is obviously huge right now for so many Canadians. Take us back. What's your professional background and how did you start doing this? Yeah. So honestly, I would say I've always had an interest in social media, even from like a younger age when Twitter was really popular. I was really into Twitter, um, those types of communities, even as far back as Tumblr. But honestly, the whole living on a loony thing was actually kind of like a freak accident, if you will. Um, I'm very happy it happened. But honestly, I had a background in sociology communications in university. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I stayed back. I did four years and then I did a fifth year actually and added on like a business business certificate, still really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was experimenting with some part-time jobs in social media at my university, and then really kind of getting into more of a marketing side of business, which is what my day job is now. Um, But the social media thing, again, has always just kind of been an interest. And in terms of like how living on a loony actually grew, it was just out of the need of trying to save money as a university student. So I found that I was working multiple part-time jobs, I was trying to pay tuition and just the cost of living, you know, everything kind of adds up. And I felt like, how do I save money so I can still enjoy the things that I want to do, um, but also, you know, pay my student bills and try not to have as much debt when I was done. Okay. So you always thought I had a passion for both, I guess, social media marketing and couponing. So it made sense that the sort of trifecta is now living (laughs) on a loony. Yeah, for sure. Again, it was kind of a complete accident, but I'm very happy, you know, the path that it went down. And I think it does make a lot of sense for me for sure. So tell me when you're speaking to Canadians and your fans and followers, what's like the biggest thing they've mentioned? Like what's the biggest thing on their minds right now? What are people talking about? Yeah, I think right now, obviously, getting to talk and have that personal connection with so many Canadians, um, you really see everyone struggling for everyday necessities. So kind of a few years ago, when I started couponing, I started sharing everything. It wasn't so much on, you know, like, I need to save money. It was more of, you know, how can I go about saving money so I can go on that extra vacation a year or buy that new, you know, electronic or whatever. I think there's been a shift now, obviously, given COVID, the pandemic, and then going into a possible recession 
now that really has Canadians kind of a little bit fearful of what their income looks like, you know, and how easily resources can be taken away. And knowing that they're not prepared to, you know, pay their rent, their mortgage to put food on the table. And I think that's where the big scare and kind of the fascination is starting to come with how do I save money and how can I make changes to do it quickly? So when you started on your sort of couponing journey and you became sort of this guru in couponing, what I remember, you know, sort of TLC back in the day, there was all these TV shows about extreme coupon, but couponers. I don't, I don't get that vibe from you. I get this vibe that you're a very practical woman um, and that you really are about sharing the love. Um, What has happened now, like in your life in terms of the way coupons play a role in your daily grind? I know you obviously do it for the, for, you know, content, but for yourself, like, what does a coupon actually mean to you? Yeah, I think when I, you know, aside from making content, when I was just starting to kind of make videos and share what I was doing with coupons, yes, when I first started, I was focused on myself, my personal finances. So how can I save money on everyday essentials, you know, shampoo, toilet paper, toothbrushes, toothpaste, um, to kind of make that difference in my financial budget. But as I started to kind of, you know, understand couponing and realize, okay, I've hit that target, I've been able to put myself in a better place. So how do I keep expanding that? So that moved on. On to helping friends and family. You know, if I got stuff for free, I would just, you know, let my roommates or my friends come over, take whatever they needed, give stuff to my parents, that type of thing. And then now with the level of couponing that I'm able to do, it's kind of grown even past friends and family into a larger community and making donations within my local community or sending stuff, you know, overseas or something like that. So really that's the power that couponing has had for me is to really be able to give back in kind of like an alternative way, if you will. I love that. I'm looking at your sort of storage unit now. What's behind you? What are we looking at? I'm looking at a wall of Royale, Bounty, (laughs) candles, toothpaste, garbage bags, uh, cleaning supplies. Yep. So this is my stockpile room slash office. Um, Obviously very good for content filming. Um, But this is just a collection of the items that I've been able to coupon and get for free or next to nothing. So when you're looking at starting to couponing, one of the things you want to kind of look at is what can you stockpile? So what are those items that are going to be, you know, either free or super cheap at their rock bottom price, but they also have a shelf life. So when we're looking at toilet paper, you know, all these toilet papers, I didn't pay anything for but it's like that's not going to go bad within you know a month or two so you can grab a couple extra and if you have the room you know I always say have a closet or something like that like that's how I started just a small shelf that was a stockpile and same thing when we're looking at you know cleaning supplies toothbrushes toothpaste hair accessories, you know, shampoo, conditioner, anything like that. Most of this stuff has a shelf life of one to two years. So if something's really on sale and a really good price, or again, even free, you know, picking up two or three at a time instead of just one can really help you save money in the long run, because you don't have to kind of wait for that next sale to come along to have that great price. Do retailers love you, hate you, or is there a mix? What's the actual, what's the deal? Um, I honestly think it depends. And, you know, in terms of even on a cashier level, like every cashier is different. Um, I have been able to build like great relationships with a lot of the local cashiers and stores in my area um, over my years of couponing, you know, People know who I am. I know who they are. I think it's just a level of having a mutual respect. I think that's one of the biggest things. When I started couponing, I kind of moved to a new area. I was a little anxious and I was joking with a cashier one day and I was like, oh, I just don't want you to hate me because I always come in with coupons. And he was like, honestly, like you are one of the nicest people 
and you treat us better than like most, you know, everyday customers. So he's like, why would we hate you? So I think it really comes down to, yes, there's always like a fear and maybe a bit of anxiety when it comes to couponing, but just having that personal connection and treating the cashier like they are a person um, really can go a long way to building those relationships. When did you hit exponential growth in your social? When did that happen for you? Was there a moment? Did something happen? Because I've been following you for a long time and you're in obviously the, you know, six digits, six figures now of following ship and growing daily. But when did you sort of, what, what took off in your social storytelling? Yeah, I would say during COVID was kind of the first takeoff. Um, I was very hesitant originally to join TikTok just because I didn't know how to edit videos. It was obviously kind of a, a new learning curve for me that I wasn't used to. Um, normally, I just did like static posts and kind of wrote breakdowns and that type of stuff. So really trying kind of going into that video content and leveraging that on TikTok and Instagram. Um, like the first TikTok I posted, like went viral and I had no idea like what was happening. I had over a hundred thousand followers within 24 hours. And I said, I turned to my husband and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I need to delete this now. (laughs) And he was like, no, like just leave it. Like, don't look at your phone. Like it, like the comments will die down and, and you'll be fine. And, and I stuck with it and I'm proud of myself for that. And we were kind of chatting earlier. I think one of the turning points for me too yeah. was I got to a point where for so long I wanted to re- kind of be anonymous. Right. And it got to a point where I was like, I feel like I can help a lot more people if I show my face, if I show my personality and yeah. I can connect with people kind of one-on-one and they know that I'm a, I'm a real person trying to save money too. Yeah, I think for me, that was the turning point I saw in your content. I know a lot of people have that where they're like, oh, it's better if it's like a faceless, nameless account. But mm-hmm. as soon as there's a person in your cat like that, I saw you even changed your name, right? Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's important. I think that's a really good social strategy. Um, and for me, I think it's awesome when you're like showing, you know, coupons or showing flyers. And I think like when I think about flyering and couponing, I feel like it's like something that my parents did, you know, and there was some sort of like shame about me wanting to be a saver, right. Or my kids like understanding the value of a dollar. So I think you're really like helping bring this like strategy into sort of the future. And I often find myself like being like, Oh man, I got to go to this grocery store. Cause I saw a cat put it on her <laughs> social feed. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be where I'm getting raspberries today. And you don't realize like you really are influenced by you. Like you really do shed influence. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. It's always weird to like think about that still. I don't know. Is it imposter syndrome or whatever? Like at the end of the day, like, and something I try to express all the time is at the end of the day, I'm just trying to share a good deal and I want to help kind of impact Canadians in a positive way. And hopefully, you know, this is one way to do that. Um, Not only just giving back through donations, but also kind of providing an information and space to talk about, you know, finances and the struggle, because I feel like a lot of the time, we don't have those conversations. And if we do, it's kind of the news or the media talking at us, you know, like, hey, we're going into a recession, but it's never kind of the other side on a consumer to consumer level. So that's really what I'm trying to do and provide a safe space to do that in. I love that. When you talk about budgeting and financing, is that something you, you obviously have a degree in communications and sociology, I think you said. Um, So, so where did the ability to budget and be money wise come from? Yeah. So that fifth year of university, I did do like a personal finance kind of certificate just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that was something that definitely interests me as well. Um, But really, it just came down to the interest built and it was just kind of budgeting myself. And I was like, okay, I want to see 
where my money is going, how much I'm bringing in. And I really found that, you know, I think budgeting is kind of, it, it can be a stressful word for a lot of people, um, but it really doesn't have to be. So like when I'm talking about budgeting, like, yes, I do kind of like a year budget of how much I think I'm going to spend on things, but by no means is a budget concrete when you are making it. I think the biggest thing for someone new who's trying to understand budgeting and just their finances is just to track your spending because that's all I started to do in an Excel spreadsheet was literally just tracking what was I spending money on? And what was I bringing in? And then from there, it started to build in, okay, like what categories am I spending the most on? So you can really see, you know, like, wow, I, I spent a lot of money eating out last month. Like, did I really need to do all that? Just those types of things that can really make you more aware of your personal finances. Yeah. I was going to say, I was just looking through your link tree actually. Um, and <laughs> Um, there's a few things here that I was like, oh, right. I learned that from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bought that because she, you know, and I'm really trying to reduce my spending for me. I'm all about bringing in nothing new this year. Um, mm-hmm. unless it's like household, yes, for sure. um, for cost savings. And just cause like, I feel like we just have too much stuff and I feel like, uh, we have three young kids and I feel like I'm drowning in like stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, we need a bigger house. I'm like, no, we just need less stuff. Like I don't actually need to move to solve this. Um, what do you think is sort of a, the the top um, strategy folks can use at home? Um, is it is it budgeting? Is it couponing? Is it a mix? Like, how can we going into a recession? What's our best a tool in our tool shed? Yeah, and I just want to start by saying like definitely great question. Um, but every family is so different that you really need to find something that works for you and your family. One of the easiest things that I say, if we're going to go back to spending, um, is looking, you know, we spend a lot of money obviously at the grocery store. And a lot of the time people say that that spending is essential spending, but when you actually take the time to sit down, create your shopping list and do a small meal plan, It doesn't have to be anything crazy, even just understanding, you know, what protein, what vegetable, whatever we're having this week, what are the meals we're making that can really help you to make your grocery list and spend less at the store. Because a lot of the times we're going to the grocery store, most people don't even make lists anymore. So they're just kind of throwing stuff together in their cart that they think that they need. And then they get home and they have way too much food. And then when it comes to meal planning, it's like, well, none of this goes together. So I need to go out and buy more. And at the end of the day, you're spending so much on impulse buying at the grocery store. And that stuff doesn't have a long shelf life. So most, you know, a lot of people know that they throw a lot of food out every week before they go grocery shopping again. So that's really one habit to get into is starting to make a grocery list, do a quick meal plan, you know, 10, 15 minutes a week is going to save you a lot of money down the line, as well as it's going to save you time because you know what you're making for dinner every night already. Yeah, no, it's such a simple, easy lift that people do not do. And I know when my husband and I are doing good meal planning, like I'm like, holy shit, I spent $83 at the store, you know, like I know exactly it wasn't $183 or $230, which is often my bills. Right. And I just can't believe how much I spend on bills. And when, um, you know, I don't always have the bandwidth to go and chase sort of flyers, but, um, it's interesting to me to see how different retailers, um, uh, price and, and, and do that. Why, why, what do you think the strategy is between different major grocers, um, pricing things, price matching, flyering, like why do things go on sale? What's what do you think there's a science there? 
Yeah. So definitely when you're looking like just if we're going to the top level of like what grocery store are you shopping at, there's normally different categories of grocery stores. So you have like the more discount grocery stores that could be your no frills, your fresh go, your real Canadian superstore. Then you have the more premium ones that are, you know, something maybe like your Loblaws, your Fortinos, your Sobeys. Um, So really that's kind of one factor, just looking at the prices of those different flyers and comparing, you know, okay, this is, you know, if something's a lot higher, it's probably a more premium store versus, you know, just a discount store. And some people say, you know, that the quality in meat or produce or something can vary. Um, You know, I think that varies just from store to store, to be honest. Um, I think it really depends. Um, But that's one way to tell. And then when we're looking at flyers and kind of like what's on sale that week, again, it really comes down to a store level, but also a company level and looking at, you know, the marketing behind it and what's going on sale or what has loyalty points attached to it. You know, again, are they creating more of an impulse buy? Like, do you really need that item? Is it something that you would normally purchase? Or are they just looking to kind of, you know, get a larger cart out of you that week? I love that. What an interesting strategy. Are people, are you getting like hired as a consultant for people about business planning? And, and I mean, I don't understand why you're not working for a major, like, <laughs> like why isn't shoppers swept, like swept you up into like marketing strategies? I feel like you're, you're brilliant with this. Talk to me about shoppers, shoppers in Canada as like, there's just nobody else who does shoppers. Why is that? What is the shoppers thing? Yeah. So, and this is always funny because whenever I mention shoppers, people are like, I don't understand how that's going to save me money because shoppers is so expensive. And again, when we're looking at an average retail price, shoppers drug mart or any drugstore for that matter is normally higher than your traditional grocery store. That is a fact. But the thing that shoppers drug mart does so well is leveraging the PC optimum points program. So you will hear me talk about this all the time because it's such a great way to save is when we're looking at the PC Optimum Points program, like we're going to get most of the time at least 30% back in points. And that yes, you may be paying out of pocket at that moment in time. So for example, one offer is, you know, spend 60, get $20 back. So you are going to spend that $60 out of pocket, but you're getting $20 back for your next purchase. And whether you're like me, like I like to roll that $20 over to pay for my groceries that week or or whatever that is. Um, But they just give you back so many PC Optimum points that when you combine that with the sale items that they have or coupons or other points programs, like there is really just a lot of savings to be had there. And that's one thing that I talk about all the time on my page, because it's just, I feel like a hidden secret that no one wants to admit. Shoppers Drug Mart has amazing deals. <laughs> so t- how much do you spend on groceries in a week? Uh, so my monthly budget for two adults and two rabbits, I guess, if we're being specific, um, is $200, which has kind of started a little bit of controversy, I want to say, when I posted about that. Because like on a month, I, you know, sometimes I spend less, sometimes I spend more, but $200 is our monthly grocery budget. Wow. And that's just, just to clarify, like that's just looking at food and like everyday toiletries, but a lot of the toiletries like you see behind me, I don't have to pay for because I've couponed for them. So that's normally talking about like produce, meat, snacks, all that type of stuff. Wow. And you guys eat at home primarily? For the most part, yeah. Like we'll go out maybe once or twice a month. That does come out of a different budget um, that we normally have $150 um, between the two of us uh, for. But yeah, $200 for our, our groceries. And I think one thing that I'm trying to tell Canadians, like one thing that allows me to do that and keep that budget so low is again, similar to my stockpile, is planning ahead. 
So when something's on sale, like I do have a stockpile when we're looking, you know, at like pasta or rice or chicken stock, like things like that, that will hold and have a shelf life, but also uh, freezer items. So I'm going to, you know, say Fortino's um, one morning and they have 50% off stickers on all of the different meats. I'm going to pick up what I need and throw it in the freezer. And then I have those meats that I paid a fraction of the price for ready to go when I need to make meals. So inspiring. I think I'm, I try to be mindful of what we're spending, but often like I spend $200, $300 a week without fail. So the fact that you're a young family with two people, I have five of us, like there's five people in my family. Um, that's me super inspiring. And I think what I want people I'm hearing is like, there's more I can do and sort of like, Often we can't necessarily always change what we earn, but we can definitely change how we spend. Um, and that's what I'm hearing you say. I love And that. I think it comes down to, and and a lot of people, you know, in the past, I think the reason couponing and saving money wasn't really as popular is because people didn't want to put the time and effort into it. Because I'm not going to lie to you, it does take some time and effort. Again, whether it's, you know, an extra 15 minutes to kind of meal plan and make a shopping list or whatever. It does take some time, but if that's what you're looking for and that's the reward you want to get out of, obviously you're going to get a bigger reward for more time that you put out of it. And, you know, obviously my situation and your situation, you know, being single, uh, no kids being versus like being a mom, um, obviously time commitments are a little bit different, but there are some things that, you know, really don't take a long time that you can adjust to to make those changes. I love that so much. If there's one thing you want Canadians to hear today, if they hear nothing else, what do you want them to know from this podcast? And learning yeah, from you. I think that at the end of the day, again, just kind of the time and effort that you want to put into something, especially couponing or saving money, that is kind of the reward that you can get out of. So at the end of the day, you really determine the reward that you're going to get. And to exactly to your point, when we're talking about our income, you know, a lot of the time we can't change that unless we're picking up a side hustle or getting a new job or whatever, which isn't always practical for everyone. But we can take a step back and kind of evaluate ourselves and our spending habits and evaluate, you know, is this a want? Is this a need? What can I do to make small changes? And at, at the end of the day, you're going to see a difference based off of the actions that you take for yourself. I love that so much. And I feel like couponing is definitely having a moment in Canada because it wasn't like the most uh, like talked about or available thing, I feel like. But there is sort of now a new like sort of, I guess, um, leaning into coupon, coupon culture, which I think is amazing when it comes to being able to feed your family. So it's it's a beautiful skill that you share so graciously. What's next for you, Kat? Yeah, honestly, continuing to make content. Uh, I think that it's been a really, I had a really great end to 2022 and want to continue that into 2023. I'm hoping to continue doing some online TV segments. I feel like those have been really helpful as well, just to kind of get the message out broader and really show people what is possible in Canada. Um, And after that, I don't know, we'll see. I really, this was a really cool podcast experience. So I know I've been contemplating that idea for probably a year or so, just trying to figure it out. Um, and then I have been working on a website to launch and just, you know, all those basic things that we need to do. Pat, I see you launching a product that's like a budget, like <laughs> budget planning notebook for families, like a, like a fridge magnet that has the calendar and a list Love for grocery shopping with a budget. I could see you product, like 10 products, literally. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. So I like, love, I like, I see you in the product game 100%. 
Um, I have so many ideas. I think it's just like the time and figuring out how to execute it. And I will say one of my like biggest weaknesses is I want to do everything myself. And I know that you get to a point where you need to ask for help. And that's where I'm at now. So, so many ideas is just trying to figure out how to make them a reality. I'm telling you right now, as somebody who is not a couponer, but very savvy when it comes to spending, Fiverr is a great resource to outsource <laughs> if you want somebody to make a product for you. They'll just make it for you. Um, so I probably had somebody, I had someone in Nigeria making me memes, like 400 memes for $200. And I didn't have to think of a meme for a year. Wow. Was um, so that was a good deal for me to not have to think about content or be funny. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> which is great, but I am funny. So I take that very personally. Um, super nice to meet you, Kat. If people want to find you, what's your website and your social, please? Yeah. So socials are all living on a loony. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all there and website will be coming soon. It's almost ready to go. I just got to press that launch button. So, and you have 396,000 followers on living on a loony with 4.1 million likes. And, uh, that's crazy. TikTok's crazy. I was on it for (laughs) a really long time, but I came into an addiction of just tapping and tapping and tapping. So I deleted it, but I, but I love people seeing people be successful on it. So Kat, you're such a doll, such a pleasure. I wish you so much luck to you, your spouse, your coupons, your bunnies, the whole nine yards. And we can't wait to see you on the gram. Bye everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time.